Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Hey y'all, welcome back to the F-Bomb. So today we've got Corey and Lauren Dickman, and they are a powerhouse couple here in Waco, and I'm so glad to have them on. They're shaking their heads right now, but I think that they're amazing. Um, So Lauren is a incredible woman she works with kids that have been through trauma um, works in behavioral health and she's got a lot more words on that that I'm gonna I'm just gonna butcher it so I'm just gonna say she is brilliant um, and also Corey over here who is a local entrepreneur um, involved in so many things here in Waco and I always am interested to hear him talk because you never you have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth and what cool things like he's going to say oh yeah I was involved in that too and blah 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 so interesting interesting couple and thank you guys for coming on and we're having you on because um, y'all started doing foster care but it's not foster care like I think of foster care mm-hmm. so Correct. how about you Tell us a little bit about you. I want to know a little bit more about, tell listeners about what you do, Lauren. Um, specific, we can hear about you too. Yeah, better. you don't need to hear about me. That's okay. It's okay. Um, but I want, I want to talk about what you do and then um, maybe what led y'all to kind of explore not just foster care, but this particular route that we'll, we'll talk about. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm actually an LCSW. I've been practicing now for... Uh, close to 10 years. And so before I moved to Waco, I actually was a clinical director um, at a therapeutic preschool in inner city Houston. And so majority of our kids, you had to qualify based on your financial status. So all of our kids qualified for the free lunch program nationally. Um, And most of our kids either came from Andores or um, Mexico, or they came from El Salvador or Guatemala. Um, And then the other half were African-American. And so I did a lot of play therapy work. And then we did a triple P parenting group there. Um, And so my whole job there was just to support the families, to support the teachers that had the kids stay in, day out, and then to support the kids and their development and their growth. And so that's been my passion for a long time and then when I moved here I started working for a local FQHC which is um, a federally funded medical clinic system and so part of my job um, at least half the time is to do a pediatric behavior program 
for externalized behavior disorder. So any kid really below the age of 10 who has major behavioral issues, and so you can imagine a lot of them are kids who are being raised by grandma or great-grandma or parents who are just like, I'm at my wit's end, I don't know what to do. And the whole idea behind it is that really Waco and Central Texas in general is like a, a mental health desert. Um, that I would absolutely <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. And I'm going to interject right here and just mm-hmm. say like we've had, because we talked about um, Texas having a capacity crisis, right? Right. And a lot of it has to do with teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes these teens are teens that may have um, some may their care may necessitate some like mental health mm-hmm. stuff and some of the reasons that i've heard um foster parents here locally having to say no is that McLennan county tends to be a mental health desert yes not and a so lot they of could say yes yeah. to kiddos but the wait to get them seen mm-hmm. and get some therapy started or get meds is just astronomical and they right. don't feel good doing that and a lot a lot of our services especially in Waco are reactive right Mm -hmm. so it's like once you've gotten involved in the system then hey let you're required or mandated to do these services but we don't have anybody working on the proactive end of things and trying to get support for families and parents and Mm -hmm. caregivers becomes a big thing yes Mm -hmm. so trying to hit it early trying to start even as little I mean I've seen kids as early as a year and a half old, trying to even just talk about sleep and the importance of sleep mm-hmm. and screen time and what routine can do for mm-hmm. their household and how does that make sense when you're working two jobs and you've mm-hmm. got three caregivers that are all trying to do what's best for their child. Um, and yeah. so that's really where the, the program came out of was trying to provide more support to mm-hmm. families. So yeah. we have... Um, we have some short-term options where we just see kids and families just for a few sessions. And then um, we have a longer term that's PCIT. So it's based on an evidence-based model that's really geared towards that younger demographic with the hope of equipping parents with the skills that they need so that their kids aren't the ones that end up in the system and they feel more empowered to help them. Yeah. 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 Oh my yeah. gosh. Lauren, it- you're so incredible. And like, I love what you're doing. And, and it just, so it reminds me a lot of, um, I've spoken with the awesome people over at Talitha Coom, which is yes. like a therapeutic yes. daycare yeah. here in, Very similar to in Waco. And actually yeah. one of my kids was involved in um, a home program through mm-hmm. Talitha Coom. And I just, you know, even before having a kiddo that would definitely benefit. Like I have a kiddo in my house would that would definitely benefit from a program like this. But even before then, I would think that you're just amazing. But just knowing um, kind of what I get, not even, I was going to say like do or go through at the same time. And both of those sounded <laughs> wrong. Um, because the thing is, she's incredible. Uh, she's just wired differently. I've never had a kid right. like her. Yes. And so it's been an adjustment for me. And I know that I am like, mentally and emotionally healthy and mm-hmm. there are some days where i'm like oh i need to walk away right now you reached your max. because yeah. i am at max capacity right. 
Um, so for you working with families to equip them, especially ones that maybe aren't um, super emotionally or mentally healthy or mm-hmm. haven't identified that maybe there are some parenting patterns it, that they grew up with that aren't yes. going to work in this situation. Um, I think that that's really cool and puts gives families an opportunity to like mm-hmm. stop this cycle and start a healthier one mm-hmm. that'll trickle down hopefully to their kids and to generations to follow. That's really, really, really cool. Yeah, it's really neat to see, especially when you have parents who are saying, I know what I experienced as a kid and I want it to be different. And I don't know how to make it different, mm-hmm. but I know that I don't want the same for my child that I experienced. And so give me some tools here because I'm I'm drowning. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, and even just sometimes reaffirming like you're doing a good job you're doing a really good job. That yeah. means so much to parents, especially ones that are in the middle of turmoil. Mm-hmm. I know probably some of the families that you work with, because um, I've, I've spoken with the people at Talitha Coom, and it sounds like you're working with kind of the same demographic. Yes, yeah. um, the Those families are pretty high risk of their kids being involved in the foster care system yes. at some point. Mm-hmm. And so just speaking with some, um, I've got a friend who she's actually been on the podcast before, but whenever her kids, her kids that she was fostering went home to mom, Mm -hmm. they ended up, um, like having a really good relationship and text each other and stuff like that, even after the kids went home. And I remember my friend telling her, Hey, you're doing a real good job, mama. Like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so proud of you. And how much that affected her. Like, she teared up immediately. Mm -hmm. And it was because she has nobody telling her she's doing a good job. It's just expected. Or it's like, well, I got my own problems. I don't (laughs) deal with yours right now. That's right. Yeah. Or even um, family members who were part of kind of old school parenting or Mm -hmm. whatever it is they grew up with not understanding this new way of parenting that mm-hmm. they're doing. And so not offering the, like, you're doing a good job because they don't really see kind of the reasoning behind it. And right. That's very true. So I think that that's incredible. Really, really neat. Yeah. 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 It's cool. I mean, just to, you know, hear Lauren telling these stories, you know, she, she can't, she can't ever like give me specifics and things like that. Um, but just like generalizing kind of what she does on a daily basis and and she's just so used to it but i'm just like you're, you're impacting so many so people many. you know and just giving these parents these tools and, uh, and you know and obviously I've, I've never been a parent until we started doing foster care and it was like it just made it so much more um Let's say the word fulfilling as far as like with the work that Lauren does, but I can now get it. I'm like, yeah, these things that she teaches these parents, like we had to do those <laughs> at, at our house and Lauren's like yeah. teaching me on the fly. It some of this stuff. Yeah. It was survival, man. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I think these parents hopefully are, are learning these things and they keep doing it, you know, throughout the time that they're parenting yeah. you know, while their kids are at home and, um, it's just, it's tremendous work. So I think what her and her team at Waco Family Medicine, they're doing, I, it's, it's awesome. You know? It is awesome. Yeah. I so. will say the one thing that was really, I didn't even think about, it didn't come to my attention until we were in the middle of it. I'm so used with my work. 
I don't always see like the outcomes, right? Uh It's like a long-term play. So you don't always know exactly what you're doing, if it's really going to help long-term or not, but you Mm -hmm. hope that these things happen. And, And there's behavior change, but in general, it's not as easy as when you go into a business and you have a plan, you execute it, and then you see the result. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest difference for both of us because in Corey's job, mm-hmm. he especially, it's like he has this output where he knows exactly what he did and he mm-hmm. can measure it. And with kids, you don't have that. And mm-hmm. so that was a big learning curve for us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very big. <laughs> Very big learning it. curve. Yeah. <laughs> Very big learning curve. Yeah. Well, and you work with kids too, but it's not like this. Yeah. And you kind of like, you go in, you kind of hang out and do your thing with the kids and then yes yeah so this was yeah completely different i mean trial by fire yeah and that in that environment it's like um you know the majority of them are high school students we do some with middle schoolers but uh they're high schoolers that you know specifically want to be there because they want to you know start a business can you talk about that program for just a minute yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so it's uh, it's called Triple Win is is the name of the program. Um, it's called that because we we work with students, we work with schools, and we work with local businesses. So each each entity gets a win mm-hmm. um, out of it. But uh, yeah, our students, uh, our, our program focuses around either entrepreneurship um, or what we call mechatronics, which is work in the shop. So like learning to weld, working with metal, working with wood. Um, uh, yeah, they can do like CAD programs, like learning to draw, um, mm-hmm. kind of like, it's like engineering. It's pretty much like engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a food program as well. So students that either want to own their own food truck or their own restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of our, our three areas. That and we so focus you work on. with sometimes middle school, mostly high school students, and they can go in mm-hmm. and get training that is transferable. Yes. Yeah. Immediately. Exactly. Upon graduation. Exactly. So they don't. There are some um, instances where, like, going to TSCC to get a trade, to, to get a, um, a certificate in some trade, um, or finishing your associates at MCC, mm-hmm. m- m- at any community college, yeah. doesn't have to be here, um, is, is kind of something we, we encourage, but they don't feel, they, we just don't want them to feel like they have to go to some four-year school and... Mm-hmm you know, be saddled with a lot of student debt. If that's not right for them. Yeah, or, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they they weigh this option of actually leaving their family because they, they're, a lot of times they're, they're, they support their families too just by the mm-hmm. work they do um, supporting their siblings. So by going even an hour away from Waco isn't even an option. And so they feel like guilty or they feel like they can't pursue whatever their passions mm-hmm. are. So Triple Win is designed to, by the time they finish high school, they can at least, they can start um, earning a living um, in something that, they, that they're that they passionate about and, and want to do. So uh, yeah, we have a cool facility at Webster and slowly getting built out. We're, we're getting there, mm-hmm. uh, but we're running the program now and the students, yeah. they, it's funny, man, adults, we care about what things look like. And, and how it's designed. Students don't care. They no. just want, they just hand want, them a tool. Like, yeah, right. hand them a tool and, a, and a, an instructor that's like engaged with them. Yep. You know, our, our ratios are about six to one, um, you know, instructor to students. So they get. And a, I know you've had an, um, some students 
who then become yes, instructors, totally. right? Yeah, they've come back and they've they've been in welding instructors for us, yep. entrepreneurship instructors. So yeah, that's been I know at least one really, of those. Yeah, good okay, guy. Good, good. Yeah, so good good pipeline there. And so students feel like they continue to get that training. So yeah, it's been really fulfilling. So it's cool because Lauren works a lot of it, a lot of kiddos, you know, ages, you know, two to five, two to six, and then and then I guess between the two of us, we have a gap there, right? We don't, you know, six to 12, which may have been ironic of the age group we had in foster care. But then, and then I work with 13, 14 year olds and up. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Kid, kids are, they're, they're so smart. Kids are oh, yeah. so smart. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit. A That's lot right. Of times, but, That's you know. right. I agree. Well, Oh, you guys, I could just dig into so much here. Um, but I want to know, um, we've kind of, I've referenced, like y'all, are, we're doing a different brand of foster care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will you tell me a little bit about that? What piqued your interest? What is it? Sure. Kind of all of that. You want to talk about it? Yeah, so it's um, it's a bit of a different foster care system. And so the kids that we were getting are all unaccompanied minors. So... They're the kids that you're thinking about the last couple years you've seen in the news that are crossing the border, don't have any sort of caregiver with them, any sort of adults. And for a couple of years, we're just being put in detention centers. And so I heard about this program because there was a colleague of mine who was actually doing it with um, his family and it piqued my interest. And I was like, tell me more. Um, mm-hmm. I always knew that we, we talked pretty early on before we were married about mm-hmm. wanting to do adoption mm-hmm. or wanting to do foster care and what that might look like. Um, Corey's mom actually is adopted. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that we wanted to do that at some point and it just felt right to participate in a program like this. Um, one, because my, my work's really emotionally taxing. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I don't know if we can do traditional foster care mm-hmm. where we're working the system and, you know, kind of dealing with this back and forth, and it might be long-term. But in this program, the whole goal is reunification um, and getting some sort of family member to sponsor them over here in the States. And so mm-hmm. the average stay is about two to six weeks, sometimes two to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the goal is to connect them with their family here. And so instead of them going to detention center, which when I when I started reading about that problem in general, it just made me sick to my mm-hmm. stomach. So when I found out, okay, there's an uh, alternative here, and <laughs> we can be a part <coughs> of the solution, um, that's when we decided that we wanted to participate in it. Um, and so it was short term. We would be helping to be kind of a placeholder until they get to their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also know Spanish. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the families, you know, a lot of the kids coming over don't know any English, which threw mm-hmm. a whole wrench in me not really thinking about the cultural aspect of things in a mm-hmm. naive way. Um, and mm-hmm. Corey doesn't know Spanish. <laughs> so I don't really like, speak We'll be Spanish. fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. It's fine. Corey's like, uh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we thought, <laughs> all right, let's just give it a shot. You know, I mean, our house is big enough. Yeah. We don't have any kids. Let's just go for it and yeah. see how it goes. And this is our way of like contributing mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. Yeah. You exp- wanted to explore that and kind of got into that. Mm-hmm. What is the process like? Is it, and I guess you wouldn't know because you 
you haven't done traditional foster care. Would you say it's comparable to traditional foster care as far as getting, is it, are you licensed? Yes. To, okay. So it's very okay. comparable, mm-hmm. which actually they give you the choice of, do you want to do traditional foster care and do you want to do this program or do you just want to do this program? Oh, can you get duly licensed yes. at the same time? So you can basically get duly licensed. Okay. And so we said, you know, as of right now, we really just want to do this program. Um, they ask you how many kids you're willing to take. They come mm-hmm. in and do, they did about three home visits beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. ha- we had to do the 30 hours of training. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, you know, a lot of other like asynchronous online trainings yeah. that equipped us. So a lot of it was, I mean, we're a licensed foster home, so mm-hmm. we have to have all of the flyers up mm-hmm. and, in some ways, it's interesting because you have two agencies really kind of guiding what you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. versus, I think, in traditional foster care, it's just one. Is that right? Well, if so, there are two ways to do traditional foster care. Mm-hmm. You can go directly through CPS, and then mm-hmm. CPS is your agency kind of, right. or you could do a private agency, um, a CPA or a child placing agency is what it's Got called. It. Yes. Mm-hmm. And th- that would be your agency. And they're kind of your buffer between yes. you and CPS. Got but it. you were talking about how you, there's two. So, for so you. we, so essentially <clears throat> we got licensed through a child placing agency, but then they have a contract with this specific program. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a school Mm-hmm. And so there's a director of that school who really has more of a hand in in what's happening day to day with the kids. So they go to school during the day. There's some extension of those hours. So you're still able to work full time and mm-hmm. participate in this program. But a part of that school includes a therapist on staff. It includes consultation with um, a medical doctor to help guide medical decisions a lot of the kids are coming over and, you know, they have exposure to things like scabies or mm-hmm. they've had, you know, a flea infestation or they have some mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. TB or who knows what else in their background. And so you have doc- medical doctors that are help guiding some of those decisions. And then they have a one-on-one instructor that sometimes will pull them out um, mm-hmm. and help guide them with those things. And so in some ways, it's vastly different than a traditional school and mm-hmm. they're trying to also guide, okay, this is a six year old who's coming in, but in other countries, they don't always start school until they're six or seven. And so where are they at with their academics and how do we place them when they get to their families to know where they are and what support they're going to need. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is doing some of that background work before mm-hmm. they leave the program. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got licensed. Um, was it long before you got called for a placement? <laughs> <laughs> we laughed. Um, um, yeah. yeah. Both of you. <laughs> yeah. No. What is <laughs> we, we didn't finish the training before we were put as an emergency placement. And so I had gotten a call from the director of the agency and I thought it was about our train. It was on a Thursday. I remember cause I was on my way to an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, they called Thursday. I thought that he was calling about the training that we had all day on Saturday. And then he mm-hmm. said, 
hey, we have two kids. We need them to be placed. You're our last resort. If we don't get them placed with you, then we're going to have to transfer them to another city. Would you be willing to take them? And we're going to fast track you and make you an emergency placement. Um, and so you guys can do the training online on Saturday and participate, but you'll have these two kids. And then we'll be required to license you within the two-week time period. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, wow. We started probably two or three months before we were ready. And so Thursday looked like us putting together (laughs) a bed from Ikea and going to Target and trying to get snacks ready for kids. And mind you, we don't have kids of our own. So, yeah. Okay. We don't really know exactly. I know, but I want to say like (laughs) most men have like the taste buds of like 12 year old kids. So (laughs) I mean, just grab some chips, grab some, no. Yeah. Just even the, the toys. Part. I mean, you know, yeah. trying yeah. to get a few toys at the store so that mm-hmm. did, it didn't just look like a this. Oh, great! Here I'm at this house, and what am I going to look yeah. at or play with? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Trying yeah, to it get was, it a little friendlier. Yeah, I remember the call. Like Warren called me, and he's like, "Hey, you're, you're not going to believe this, but they called us, and there's these two kiddos, and 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 it was like." Oh, I mean, you know, we were working up to this, so it wasn't mm-hmm. blindsided. I wasn't blindsided, but uh, yeah, I was like, let's do it, you know. And I, but I remember asking, you know, you know so how much English do they speak? You know, because a lot of these kids in this program weren't going to speak a lot of English, so I understood that. Uh, well, Lauren's like, yeah, I think they said they speak a little bit, you know, and I was like, mm-hmm. I can work with a little bit, you know, that's okay. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That was not entirely true. There, there was a little bit was like, nada. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, that was, it just happened so quick and they said they can, we'll drop them off tomorrow and, uh, or, or Lauren picked them up. Mm-hmm. You picked, I picked them, them up. up from yeah. school. Yeah. Picked them up and then we just got hit the ground running. Yeah. So, Sink or swim for sure mm-hmm. for all of you because it was two two kiddos yeah. right yes yeah. so for the four of you I bet with the the barrier and yeah. them not knowing you and y'all not having kids before and yeah. mm-hmm. but there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yes, yeah. I mean, I distinctly remember on Saturday participating in the training via Zoom and 
Then on the flip side, trying to learn how to make pupusas and, <laughs> <laughs> and being in the kitchen yeah. and trying my best to put them together. <laughs> they were they were in the backyard playing with my dad. My dad was over and he doesn't speak any Spanish. And he's like, we had a little cash register and the kids were like selling him things <laughs> like fake items. And he was like Google translating everything. Oh, while, awesome. yeah, yeah, while Lauren was in the kitchen making these pupusas, it was. It was a it was a scene for sure, but you guys, was, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, that is gonna be a snapshot in your memory forever. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay, so you said the traditional time frame is four to six weeks ish. Mm-hmm. As early as two weeks, they can be reunited with their family, um, and then on the. Far end, it's normally like eight weeks, but normally two to six weeks. Most kids are out of your house and placed mm-hmm. back with their family members. So it could be like a, anyone who's willing to sponsor them who's related. So it could mm-hmm. be an auntie who lives here. Mm-hmm. It could be a cousin. Um, really, they don't have to, it, they're not required to be of legal status. Mm-hmm. They just have to demonstrate that they have a safe place for them to go. Mm-hmm. And then they have a case manager that's working with them on their end. And then there's a, actually a lawyer. Um, and I think all of this has to do with the the U.S. Department of State. And um, all of them in the background are working on the case to get the kids settled. Mm-hmm. So in y'all's particular experience, was that about the time frame? No. Not quite. Not not quite. Yeah, well, we had the kid. We had the kids for about three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our case was particular in that they had actually been with another family before us. Um, mm-hmm. For a few reasons, they it didn't work out there. And then when we got them, it was we thought it was going to be about a two week deal. And mm-hmm. then they ran into some, they ran into some issues with the mm-hmm. case, and so it was looking more long term. And so we were mm-hmm. thinking in our minds it was going to be more like seven or eight months. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was definitely longer than you thought, but then it ended up being shorter than what you ended up expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And in okay, because of some of the legalities um, and because it's different than traditional foster care we didn't have contact with the family we weren't allowed to know where they were going Um, there they did get to contact family members in their home country Mm -hmm. um, once a week but weren't always told when that was happening so you just have these facts and behavior not really know why um, oh, because that was done at school. It was done mm-hmm. at school. And so some of the things are just really different in that it felt very secretive at times of like, what is going on with the case and what is happening with the kids and how do we talk with them about it? And I think really honestly, the only saving grace in knowing more of what was going on is that the oldest was old enough to tell us when they talked to mom mm-hmm. or hey, they asked me these things today or they told me this today. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it helped us kind of stay more in the loop as to what was going on. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you think, um, 
What do you think the reasoning behind that is? Just protection of their privacy or? I think honestly, it's because a lot of the kids are coming from really dangerous places. And so Mm -hmm. especially when you have coyotes or other Mm -hmm. people involved, um, I think it's for the safety of the kids, the safety of the the family that's going to sponsor them, and then the safety of us Mm -hmm. so that if for some reason somebody figured out where the kids were, it didn't Mm -hmm. compromise anybody involved. And so um, in that way, it was very hush-hush as to what was going on. Um, A lot more protective, I think, than traditional foster care. Even just having a picture of them online with with the back of them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even something like that was definitely not... something you could do yeah Yeah. okay that makes sense I'm just I'm thinking about it on the flip side so like I can see all that the protection of it and um not wanting to compromise anybody's safety on the other side of things I also see that it would be helpful like for for y'all to have known when some things were happening so that you could prepare or um I guess prepare some conversations to have with kiddos to help them Mm-hmm. out a little bit and but again like all I can see is the two sides I don't know that I'm just pointing things out not that I have a solution I just yeah, sure. yeah. It, I'm sure it's hard to figure out kind of what that line is not just for you guys but for whoever it is that's kind of um creating these programs and parameters of how to do things is mm-hmm. how to equip y'all well and um, help them integrate well and adjust well, but also not compromise safety and stuff. Yeah, and I will say that some sometimes it felt a little bit almost like chastising just because we mm. had we didn't realize sometimes when we were doing things wrong just because it didn't cross our mind. Like, mm-hmm. for example, my mom sent the kids Halloween cards. Mm-hmm. And so one of the kids was excited, brought it to school, and I, I didn't realize that they put it in their backpack and then it got there in the afternoon and they were like, we had an incident and we had to confiscate the the card that they had. And I was like, what do you mean? And they said, well, it has your mom's address on it. And mm. so anything that contains identifying information like that, the kids can't have in their possession. And so mm. I, I just totally didn't even think about that. Of course being not. Something yeah. That we needed to consider, and so we had to be a lot more hyper, you know, hyper vigilant about okay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. what what do they have and what do they not have, and what do we need to, yeah, give them the card and then throw away the envelope so that it doesn't become a mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. issue instead of being something that's exciting that they can show their yeah. teachers at school. Yeah, even yeah. sometimes I mean, uh, they would enjoy like running to go get the mail. And mm-hmm. it was it was like okay, cause sure, go get the mail. Like I don't want to go down there. <laughs> um, but a lot of you know would have our address on it. And there yeah. was times where it was like, oh, is is there a possibility where that could you know are they taking a piece just to mm-hmm. have our name and address on something or you know just thinking of it in those mm-hmm. ways was was like foreign mm-hmm. um, to to us you know. Would, but that was a big deal to so them. So what I was going to say is I'm thinking um, because um, from what I understand, you can't have contact afterwards. They're placed after they're in your home and you do all the things and they do all the things and whatever family member is sponsoring them, 
um, has done all the things. They're moved to that family member's home. And then you're not allowed to have contact anymore. They don't have your phone number. They don't have your address. They don't mm-hmm. know anything. Yeah. They're just yeah. moved. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And so, so I was just thinking about what Corey said about, um, you know, the mail and them going to get the mail. And is there a possibility that, and I was just thinking like, it would only be natural. Like mm-hmm. if it's a good experience, like with, right. with you guys, um, sure. from what I know personally, it was a good experience for mm-hmm. the children that were in your care. So it would only be natural for them, um, to know that they're moving eventually and go like, oh, mm-hmm. I want something. I want some sort of something to get in touch with them if I, if I want to, right. or maybe like nostalgia or this makes me feel safe that I at least have some sort of something. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah from this this point in my life yeah right yeah we um and this is like the social work side kicking in right but we did a lot of bibliotherapy where at night we would read different books on different things and so we would read a different book about emotions or we would read a book about goodbyes or we would read Mm -hmm. a book about um, there's one called the invisible string about, like, I have being, that book. Yes. It's a great one. Just being connected even yep. when you're not with somebody. I have that one mm-hmm. because when we had coffee, you, you yes. showed it to me and I, yeah. I got a picture. I've ordered it for my kids mm-hmm. for Christmas. Oh, that's great. That's so awesome. thanks for that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, just a great book, but I mean, we talked about boundaries. We talked about, um, touching and safe touch, but yeah. so we had a lot of those talks, but before they left, because of that, because I knew we weren't going to have contact with them, I made a point of, um, on Shutterfly, actually, you can make blankets. And mm-hmm. so we made each of them a blanket with all the different pictures of their memories for the last three months. And so we gave that to them as, like, their goodbye present so that they had something that they could tangibly take with them that was a comfort object, but also just, like, you we remember you and you're important. Yeah. Um, and we put a picture of them like on our wall before they left so that they knew you're not forgotten and you're still here Mm -hmm. in some way, like in our heart, even when you're not so thoughtful. Oh my gosh. I bet that was so impactful for them. I can't imagine like the things that they had to go through to even get to where they needed to be in your home. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a lot of foresight and compassion that you did stuff like that. That's really, really great. It just puts everything into perspective. Just, And I think that that was one of the really cool things for me was um, thinking about life in a different way. I can't imagine being the age that they were and coming across multiple countries into the United States, not speaking the language the bunch of people with scary guns that are trying to separate you and your brother and you're telling them, no, we're together. And then not really knowing where you're going to end up. Mm. But I mean, it took them two weeks to get here. And Mm. so this is like, Mm. you know, little kids traveling on their own to get here, whether or not they had a coyote. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to be terrifying to yeah. leave your family mm-hmm. and then know you're coming to a whole new place and you don't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some brave kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, um, uh, 
you know, we'd always have fruit out um, in the house and they always just loved like grabbing fruit out of the bowl. And uh, one of the kiddos just like, how many apples are you going to eat? Like, we would go was, through like two bags of oh apples my a week. Gosh, I've never seen anybody put away this many apples, right? And it's just this little kid. And so uh, one night, you know, we're, um, we're Lauren, I always read to one, would read to one of the kiddos. And of course the book's like in Spanish and I'm like struggling. <laughs> trying. I'm yeah. trying, you know, and, and, and our, the kiddo was so nice because he, I, it just gave me a lot of grace because they probably were like, this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> but, um, but Lauren came in there one night and, and then they could speak Spanish and he was telling us the story. And I, th- I think there may have been a part in their journey where they rode in a truck, um, in an apple truck. Mm-hmm. So they got to kind of eat the apples while they were driving. And I think, you know, it's just things like that. And it's like, oh man, that's why it's a whole nother meaning to yeah, it. Yeah. And now it was like, Oh, the apples just totally meant something else than, uh, than just like, Oh, he just is hungry, There's, you know? Yeah. And so it's just things like that, that you kind of, you forget about their journey before they got to us. And, and, you know, we did, I didn't think we provided a really safe and comfortable house and, um, you know, we loved on them and I think they had a great time with us and we feel like, but there's so much before that journey or before they got to us that we don't know about, you know, but yeah. it is part of their story. And so it's, it, I just remember the, the Apple thing always will stand out to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> eating those, but yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so they're with family now. They are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so y'all have had a bit of a break for a little while. Mm-hmm. Do you think that y'all would do something like that in the future? We've talked about it. We yeah. Have. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned to set healthy boundaries and knowing like what we can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And I always know it's important that whatever I bring to the table is a hundred percent. And so, especially cause these, this, this was our first case. It was a complicated mm-hmm. case. Um, we were like, okay, we need to take a break yeah. for a month or two and of then course. we'll get back into it. But yeah, um, yeah, we told them in the organization, they, um, uh, there's families that'll do like respite care. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we had a wedding we went to, um, at one point during, during this time we, we couldn't take them with us. And so they went with a family for, for a weekend or a Friday mm-hmm. night and a Saturday night. And so we told them, you know, during this time, maybe while we're kind of just on a little break here, you know, we wouldn't mind doing respite care if, if another family needed a weekend or even just a night. Mm-hmm off kind of thing yeah. um you it was know, valuable we, for us it so was valuable we're on board with yeah that sure. it yeah. was it was big time so but yeah for sure i mean it's it's definitely i think we, we both have a heart for it um again just lauren's skill set not even just her passion and love for kiddos but literally like what she does for a living yeah i think uniquely equips us for this too absolutely and honestly it's probably the only reason that um, we were even an option um, mm-hmm. as emergency um, placement for those kiddos because yeah. of Lauren's background. And, and so we, we are, we, we have these skills and, and abilities that, you know, we've been given by the Lord and it's like, if we need to use them in these ways we can. So, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. something we want to continue to do. And we're definitely, you know, 
taking this time a little bit of a break. It, it happened kind of, you know, the kiddos left and we had Christmas and yeah. New Year's. And so it was Lots kind of, of stuff. a lot of mm-hmm. changes going on, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think for sure. That's great. That's awesome. Um, so do you think that y'all would stick with a program like this or would you do traditional foster care? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's not something you've discussed. No, no, no. It's a, yeah. I mean, I think it depends on our phase of life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think where we're at right now, it makes the most sense to keep up with a program like this, especially mm-hmm. because there's there's not a lot of families doing this program. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of families that can speak the native language for a lot of kids coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we did long-term foster care, then we would want to be able to really devote a lot of time to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in there's a, a we yeah. talked about that, that there's a big difference there in that, like, um, this is foster care, but it's such a short, it's supposed to be pretty yes. short term. Mm-hmm. Um, so the commitment may be a high energy output commitment whenever they're in your home for that period of time. Right. But it's for a shorter period of time where mm-hmm. traditional foster care, um, a case typically lasts a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So even if like. And it, what's true is traditional foster care and this foster care is that the goal is reunification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that is what everybody should be working towards if it's safe and appropriate. But this is like a marathon mm-hmm. um, in traditional foster care. Exactly. It's not yeah. It's yeah. not a short-term thing. Yeah. So. We're here yeah. for the sprint right now. And then we're, yeah. the sprint. We sprint. Well, we're working our way up to the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're building up our stamina. We're getting there. I, I just feel like there are... There just needs, there's need everywhere. Right. So right now this is your niche and you're doing whatever it is that you can do to fulfill that need. Mm-hmm. And even, and I would say this like for you guys and for the listeners, like taking a break is also a way to serve people in foster care because right. if you didn't take a break and you took another case and then you were like, that's it, we are never out. doing this again, right. yeah. then you're not helping anybody in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. just taking time to take care of yourselves and mm-hmm. take a break and remember, hey, like we really do like doing this and this is why we like doing this and mm-hmm. then get back to it. Right. That's important yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that is, you guys, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope the kids are doing well. I know you don't, you don't know, you can't know, but I really hope that they're doing well and that, um, I guess their experience in your home is, I'm sure it is, but something that they're going to kind of carry with them. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, too, with, with your skills and what I'm sure kind of was going on at home, they may be exposed to a different type of parenting or caregiving Yes, um, yeah. that they've been, maybe hadn't been exposed to in the past, mm-hmm. which may inform some choices later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I think would be really, really neat, just depending on kind of where it goes. Yeah, yeah. there were, um, I started researching a lot about the country they came from, and there were, there's definite cultural, and I heard from the teachers a lot too, who work with a ton of kids from Central American countries, but um, there's a lot of cultural differences when it comes to raising kids there, mm-hmm. number one, and two, um, I think this was the first time that they've ever experienced a house with a mom and a dad who presented as a united front. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because the older the older girl that we had, 
it was pretty obvious, even though she's a preteen, it was the first time that she ever had anybody do some of the thing, the milestone, meet some of the needs that she had that she didn't get when she was younger. Like, she wanted me to pick out her clothes every night and brush her hair, and we read storybooks like you mm-hmm. would with a two- or three-year-old. Um, mm-hmm. And some of those things that you just assume that 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 those things happened for her and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And so she was pretty insistent. Like she wanted to talk with me every night and she wanted to have one-on-one time. And so those things I think are probably like some of the most special moments that I cherish, but I think mm-hmm. really made a lasting difference for her and kind of knowing what that's like to have mm-hmm. somebody to take that time for her versus an a lot of times I think she was responsible for her brother. Mm-hmm. And so she was playing mommy instead of mm-hmm. having a mommy herself. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I'd wanted to get into like the stuff you do here in McLennan County, but I think I'm going to save that for another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we kind of round things out, I told y'all I was going to ask you this, so <laughs> um, so this is me doing the F-bomb because I really think it's the things that just blow up our lives um, that can change us in the very best ways, and that's been the case for me, um, and um, whether it's been, you know, a hard season of life or foster care, um, mm-hmm. that has just turned my world upside down. I feel like um, going through those hard things and pressing on um, and kind of putting the pieces back together um, lends a more beautiful picture in the long run. So what is your F-bomb moment individually? Mm -hmm. Um, When did you know, oh, man, I'm never going to be the same again because of foster care? Mm. Um, I'll go 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 first. Okay. I I kind of alluded to it earlier, and and it might be cheating because it wasn't like – uh, a one moment but it was every day for this one reason and it and again this program is specific because these kiddos don't speak english yeah and uh, even the minute they got out of the car and again my mindset of oh yeah they they speak some english right that's what <laughs> lauren told me that they told her yeah they speak you know i'm like hi and they're looking at me like what and I'm like, oh, you know, oh, hola, and hola. And, and then about 10 minutes into it, Lauren's like, yeah, by the way, they don't speak any English. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my word. And so it was this like, we 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 agreed to do this. We want to do this. We have yeah. a heart for this. And every morning, just trying to communicate, not only like with kiddos that are brand new to our house and all these mm-hmm. situations, and we don't have kids, so now we're learning how to do this it was like, I can't even talk to these kids. Like it was like, and they can't even talk to me, but you could like, it was that F bomb every day because it was like, (laughs) well, we're in this, we're doing this and, and, and we're going to love on these kids. And they just had, they had a blast. We enjoyed thoroughly having them and we, we communicated like, I, I don't know how we did, but we did every day. And it's just like, you just make it happen. And I yeah. think that was like the, the, motto of it of the whole program is just we just make it happen and so but it it was just like a, such a reminder 
that life was is so turned upside down and it was never really going to be the same because of just you, when you do it day in and day out of just trying to learn how to parent, but now we're like doing this makeshift communication. Um, you know, you pick up the cliche things like you're more patient and you're more <laughs> gentle and kind and stuff like that. But, um, you definitely don't take things for, for granted, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and knowing that, you you can you can still love on people and on kids even if you can't speak the same language and and in foster care it's just like you're just you're just running and you're going and so I think every morning that's what I was saying that's kind of cheating but I think every morning morning was like this f bomb being <laughs> dropped because it yeah. was like oh man I you got you know what's going to be some new challenge today and how do I even tackle it because I can't really effectively communicate with with the with the kiddos. So. But then you did. But I did. But then we you ma- did. And made you it made happen. it happen. I was reading That's books right. in Spanish. It was fine. You learned some words here and there. I did. Too. My yeah. favorite. I know you have to tell your f bomb. But I would um, <laughs> I would read the books. Sometimes they would let me read them. Like there'd be books in Spanish, but I could quote unquote translate. So I could <laughs> I could read it in English, and so I would just make up stories. Like <laughs> it was the same book. And I would just make up a new story in English, and and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he knew that I was making it up, but he just I think he thought it was funny and just let I'm me do sure. it. I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that didn't last all the time. I had to pretty much read him in Spanish, but I was. <laughs> and Lauren would hear me in the other room, like, "What in the heck is he talking about?" Cause, She's like, "I know that yeah, that's not what that book says." I know says. that's not what that book says. Um, so anyway, that was kind of mine. My, my f bomb. I love that. Okay, all right. What's your f bomb? Um, I think probably it was when the kids told me that they loved me for the first time and it felt really genuine. Mm. Um, and there were a few moments where they would try to call me mommy, Mm -hmm. um, or can I call you mommy? And I'd say, no, you can call me Tia. You know, you have a mommy. Um, but really on, honestly, it was like just the genuine, like, um, I love you and then like would give me a hug and a kiss on the cheek and then it turned into like every morning before they left for school um, they wanted to give me a kiss on the cheek before they got into Corey's truck and it just was like the highlight of my day mm-hmm. it's a good um, way to start off a day yeah and so that was just like man <laughs> <laughs> you can't get that feeling anywhere else yeah um, yeah but I think that was the time where it's like, okay, they might not remember my name. They might not remember all the details of what their experience was here, but they made a lasting impression on me. And I think that in some some part of their heart, we made a lasting impression on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those were the moments that I definitely soaked in. Yeah. Yeah. Good, babe. That's incredible. Yeah. So um, if people are looking to get involved with – this type of foster care, where would you direct them? Mm. Like, would, is there, Yeah, you don't have to say, like, this was specific agency y'all went through, or, mm-hmm. but where are some resources that they might be able to learn a little bit about this and see if it might be something that is right for their family? Yeah, so a lot of major cities, um, at least in Texas, have this as a program, and so if you start Googling, you can just look up, like, 
um, foster placement for unaccompanied minors. And you might okay. find some websites of places to go. Great. In Texas especially, it's mainly just like one agency really that's doing it. And they have satellite offices in different places. But that's probably the best place to start. Sounds to good. To get involved. Dr. Google is always exactly always on standby, yeah. right? Always, always. <laughs> yep. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming and being yeah. on. Thanks I've, for having us. I've really looked forward yeah. to this. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah, I appreciate great. it. Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.